0: Hi, my name is Katherine Yanov, and on this episode of the Tech After Five podcast, my dad and his friends talk about what it means to be useful. Wait, why did they ask him? Hey, this is Phil Yanov with the Tech After Five podcast, and if you're a tech professional or tech entrepreneur, we want to help you move the ball forward by establishing that network of connections you need in order to advance your career or advance your business. So uh, we run our events and they're all on Zoom. I mean, they used to be live. They may be live again some other day, but for right now, we're all in Zoom. And the good thing is it's still happening and you can uh, join us. Just go to the website, techafter5.com and sign up for any one of our cities. A full slate are out there even as we speak. So join us in any of those places. But today, we're here to kind of help you uh, with do something new, or at least uh, figure out some other thing in your life, which is always what we're up to doing. So first off, let me uh, introduce, I've got Carol Hamilton with me.
1: Hello, hello. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: It's good to see you. It's very purple where Carol is, for those is of you. It is
1: always purple in Carolville. <laughs> it,
0: it is so purple in Carolville that I think that those of you who only listen to <laughs> us can probably hear it. You should be able to hear the purple. There's so much purple. Yes.
1: There. Yes. And if you come over, you can taste it because it's that yes. purple. <laughs>
0: yes. And I, I want to say it's pretty steady state where Carol is because, again, that picture on the Thames, it uh, never changes. Yeah. It's always calm looking out there, out That's her right. window under it the Thames. It's a beautiful
1: so it's- day in London at all times, <laughs> which is not easy yeah. to create, I should say. No. I was say, I don't know.
0: You had to be there at a special moment. Yeah, <clears throat> And uh, of course, my friend Scott Pfeiffer is here with me. Hello, friend.
2: Hey, Phil. It's always great to be here. Hey, Carol. Hey. Yeah.
0: And uh, the gang is all here. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I have any quick updates, but anything quick that you want to talk to us about, stuff that's going on in your life or world, um, catch everybody up on, things that people ought to know as we are
1: in these uh, whatever times we're in? Well, I'm in a a pretty good-sized transition. I'm um, leaving a company I've been contracting with for quite a while, and I am relaunching my own brand. And so that has been incredibly exciting. I'm going to be focusing on disrupting diversity and how we're having the conversation, especially within the company. How are we having that conversation? Because so far it hasn't really paid off. And so I would like to do some disrupting ideas into that space. But as I was saying a little bit ago, what that's left me with is a lack of absolute structure that I once had. And I am finding myself waking up in the morning going, What day is it? Or worse, talking to a client or someone and saying, Well, I don't know, how was your week? How was your weekend? As though it's Monday. And the person says, Well, you know, I'll let you know in a couple of days. <laughs>
0: yeah. That was so long ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. What are you yeah. talking about? I said, Oh man. Lost track? Am I the only one whose whole pattern of life has been disrupted to the point where I I'm literally now losing calendars? Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> most assuredly not. I'm going to tell you, it's like that calendar where it just says month at the top and every day says day. I mean, yes. when we're unanchored from our normal lives, it's just kind of hard to figure out what's going on. <laughs> um, how about you, Scott? Anything new or different, changing? How is what's the world look like from Scott's point of view?
2: World's very busy from Scott's point of view. Um, mm-hmm. People got a lot going on. We got a lot of uh, people that have reopened starting to scratch their heads about whether they need to do some other stuff with the growing number of cases in South Carolina. Um, Got people applying for PPP forgiveness. So that should be an interesting trail. I'll be interested to see whether that's as easy as they think it's going to be or, or whether there's some particular, uh, you know, foibles there and uh, you know, just generally, life's very busy, but all the days are the same. So, uh, like Carol, I have, um, lost days or gone all day thinking it's Thursday only to find out in the afternoon that it's really Tuesday and that sort of thing. Wow.
0: Two Wednesdays in a week. How often, how awesome is that? (laughs) I got, it's a bonus. It's a double hump. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Well, listen, I, uh, you know, our job of course is to be noble people i think right it's to be out there and act with virtue in the world and hopefully help others you know we're always talking about how we you know kind of live how do we live according to the values that we've got i mean it's not uh, uh we're living purposefully we're living directionally we are living in accordance with some values that we've got some core values of our own Um uh, And I came across this quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson, and I wanted to use it just to frame a conversation, because I think this is a path that makes sense for us in terms of how do we get to be happy. And I'm just going to read the quote first, and it's uh, from Ralph Waldo Emerson, and it is, the purpose of life is not to be happy. It is to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. And I think that's so great. I just, you know, I want to say amen at the end. I don't know if that would be appropriate, but it's that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, I get that. I mean, you know, well, we've talked about stoic virtues a lot. And I think that we've, there's a counter conversation. And I want to start with the counter before we get into this bit. But I think there's so many people out here in the world saying, well, the trick to being happy is just be happy. And they're not kind of starting with the idea, well, what is my path towards happiness? What are the actual tools that I use to be connected? intent. And uh, if I just pursue happiness, I'm not sure, Scott, that that isn't hedonism. Am I right? I mean, uh, where do I get, where does this fall apart?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, my pushback here would be that uh, being useful is a path to happiness. Um, And I think the hedonism type of happy where you're just seeking pleasurable experiences one after the other is sort of hollow and at the end of the day, doesn't really lead to happiness or contentment. Um, but being useful is definitely a path. Living in accordance with your virtues or your your uh, rules for yourself are a, are a path to contentment, which leads, I think, to a deeper, more long-lasting happiness.
0: Yeah, uh, and I think that is that serious side of this, right? I mean, I, I guess that counter to this is, again, you know, it's like I think that we, we seem to be living in a moment. And I mean, I don't want to get this wrong, but it seems to be living in a moment where a lot of folks think, well, if I'm going to be happy, my trick is to uh, just look like I'm happy all the time. And Post it to social media somehow, and everyone wants to be like me and that 's why I post these pictures of you know great dinners or great places i 've gone or me at the beach or whatever and i, I it 's just some little wacky thing going on there but but if i 'm wrong, Carol, you can tell me i 'm wrong
1: <laughs> I actually had an interesting thing. I went to a retreat this weekend it 's my first outing it was very exciting four other people in the same room. Amazing. And I found myself, uh, we were telling some personal stories and I was talking a bit about my husband. And at one point they were saying, Oh my gosh, does he have a brother? He sounds like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I said, you know, I, I chose well, and I'm really happy with him. However, I am also not here spilling everything I could be saying. And so, you know, yeah, you know, he doesn't have a brother, but even if he did, you'd want to know the whole picture before, before you made that call. Because I think ultimately, and this, and I'm tying this back into the happy, we're all only such, I think happy is frequently contrasted with other things. But we. it is nice to focus on the happy. My objection, and I'm going to push back on this quote just a little bit. I think it's, it's an intriguing thing to say your purpose of life is not to be happy, because I would have argued that most of my life. But I also find that for me, when you say things like it's to be useful, I hear a sense of duty. You know, thou shalt go do something whether you like it or not. And so then I go, no, no, I want to be happy. But I do think the two can hold hands. I think that you could do something tremendously useful in the world, but I think it should be something that you like doing that makes you happy. Because that makes it that much easier to do and much more likely you're going to come do it again. Yeah. And I think that does lead to a life of purpose and and well-lived.
0: I think those are probably, I mean, you're certainly not alone, right? And there's going to be a lot of pushback in that space. And, you know, for those of us who've grown up in traditions in which, um, you know, duty is, you know, it's the Puritan work ethic is the duty we're yes. talking about, right? That's yeah. that's not it. I mean, and, and, you know, do we mean Dharma or, you know, one of the parts of buddhism right how do we do what is our duty in the world so right. i don't think in this case he was saying it's to be useful to help each other and i want to take this as the idea of how about we do good and we be happy doing good and we don't do this in a way that um it is in fact a on my shoulders i don't think that is a weight on my shoulders to be a good dad to my kids when i can, right. we can figure out how to do that i mean i don't want to go back and think well this is just a drag you know, that's not my route, but I don't, think, I don't always think it is always easy. I don't think it keeps me from being out in the rain occasionally, right, or being in uncomfortable situations. But it's kind of my job, and I'm okay to do my job. so well, is my I, question.
1: Go ahead. I'm sorry. I worked with a client um, a few weeks back, and I would be able to comfortably say that happy isn't necessarily on their radar as a goal. And and I recognized that I have a style that tends towards a little more on the whimsical side as I'm doing some sort of program. And I wanted to make sure that I was keeping it in, in their box. And so I toned it down from what I would consider to be outlandishly happy into pleasantly happy. And I noticed that there were a lot of smiles. These aren't the big belly laughs, the big guffaws, but there were smiles. And I considered that to be a success. I actually thought that that is their level of happy contentment, whatever that is. And I really honored that because I think that this quote would really resonate with, especially with that, that audience. And I want to honor that because I want everybody to have that sense of fulfillment, which is what I think he's talking about.
0: Yeah. Isn't it interesting, right? So this is just like a piece of art. You know, we all look at this and we kind of walk out with a different set of meaning for ourselves. Right. Um, yeah. so it's my, I want to explore then within, within our scope of the three of us kind of approaching this thing is, well, if we take on the idea that being useful, and we don't mean just being useful to others, you know, it's useful to ourselves and useful to others and having lived in such a way that we made a difference, um, what are some of the things that we can do to be useful? right and lead to happy how do we what are the things we ought to be doing to approach that and again this isn't where I'm not this is not the prescriptive list we don't have 10 commandments here i mean i don't think 10 even <laughs> covers it right i think there are lots of different ways for different people to be useful and i want to explore that with you and i'm kind of curious about what you think that might be um Carol, start us off. I mean, on your idea, when you think of, you know, you're out there in service a lot of times to yourself as well, but to others, right? I mean, when you think to yourself, look, I want to be good at what I'm doing. I want to be useful to others. What does that mean you do?
1: Um, I love if I have a day that I've made somebody laugh because I think that that is an extraordinary um, experience that's organic. So I like days when I've made somebody laugh and I love days when I've had a heartfelt connection because I think that's a two-way benefit. And so I want to get past just, hi, let's get to business, let's talk about this, let's have this solution and then hang up. I uh, recently was on the phone with someone and she's in India and she was incredibly busy and I said, I just need to take a minute and ask you, how are you? And she said, you know, I haven't been asked that question in three weeks. I've never worked harder in my life. I'm absolutely exhausted. And she said, thank you for asking. And we went into probably five to six minutes of human contact. I would consider that to be a piece of my service that I am not inside of a corporation where I am. My world is being dictated by meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings that I have a bit more freedom. And so I am able to hold that space of, we still have time for humanity. And part of my job is to remind us of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that a, obviously feels really good, I'm going to assume for you, because I know it does when it I does. do. Because I mean, yeah. you look at someone, you know, and I'm in calls all the time with large right. groups of people. And so, you know, we've actually had podcasts about how do we do check-ins, right? A two-word check-in or count check-in. But how can we do quick check-ins with large groups of people? But if there's someone we're really either concerned about, or we just want to make sure that it's happening, how do we just check in with them and say, you know, give you a chance to kind of spill out and see how the world is doing for you? Yeah. I mean, I think that's great.
1: And I think we're used to say, so hey, how are you? Oh, yeah, I'm great. Fine. How are you? And, and that's the thing that I think is, is the opportunity to say, no, no, I want the real how are you? You know, I'm actually asking how you are. And I want to take that moment of my precious time. And hopefully you'll find this value in your precious time to share. How are you? I want a human contact because we're not going to be able to shake hands. We're not going to be able to do any of the normal things. And so let's just connect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So checking in with them in a meaningful way, I think is good and useful. Scott, anything when when I kind of put this idea up in front of you, anything jump out at you as, you know what, I'm trying to be useful. And here are some of the things that I've found to be helpful in that regard.
2: Yeah. um, Well, I think one thing I think is that everyone has different gifts. And so how you might be useful depends on, what you're good at. And, you know, I think different people can be useful in different ways. I tend to be pessimistic sometimes. Um, and so I, there are people in my life that are useful to me simply by being optimists. Mm. And sometimes I, you know, when I'm feeling really pessimistic, I like to listen to them and just hear their optimism and it buoys me up a little bit. So that's how they're useful to me for me. Um, My usefulness to others starts with being a good listener or trying to be a good listener. And I think that's um, some of what people pay me for is just to be a good listener and to ask good questions, but to really hear answers. And I think that, um, you know, I have a friend, uh, Josh Githens, who's saying always is let other people like things. Mm. Um, And I think that can be part of it. You know, some people almost feel like it's their mission in life to uh, tell you that you're wrong about the things that you like or uh, tell you what's going to go wrong or why what you want to do is going to fail. And it's not necessarily (laughs) your job uh, to constantly run around policing everyone else's happiness but listening to them and trying to figure out what their real goals are and then how you can be useful in helping them achieve those goals. I think that's for me, that's it. And, and, um, trying to take things off people's plates. You know, I deal with a lot of very, very busy people who've got a lot going on and when I can come in and listen to what they have going on and then take something that say, look, let me, let me take that off your plate for you and I'll do that. Right. Um, that's how I try to be
1: useful. Well, and I yeah, love I'm that interested. pessimism. Sorry. You mean counter would, to pessimism? I get so excited about it. no, because I'm an over the top optimist, and and I know I need balance. I know that I need that voice that says, yes, I know you like to fly, but that is a cliff you're jumping off of. And, and, you know, coming back in, I think you've talked so much and so well about the SBA loans and, and, you know, the timing of these things. And I think at one point we were talking about some, some clients resisting get even applying and your suggestion was apply. And if you don't need it later, that's okay. You don't need it, but let's at least get you in the list and that kind of thing. I, I love the idea that the pessimist looks out and says, there there are potential rock potholes here. And I think that that's a huge gift to bring to somebody, as long as it's acknowledged as, you know, I'm not the voice of doom and gloom. I'm the voice of potential problem. And I'm, I'm here to help you find that solution first. So I love that. I think that's a great gift.
2: Yeah, there is a, you know there is a tough little... Bridge there between being, being that um, voice of okay. Here are some potential problems. What can we do to make sure those don't bite us? And just tearing down people's dreams and saying that's stupid, that won't work, right. you know, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah,
0: agreed. Yeah, objectively, that's called constructive criticism or constructive feedback, right? Some opportunity to help and build forward if that can be built forward. Yeah, but and in, in, you know now everyone just masks us. Well, I'm just trying to be constructive, and of course they're not. They're trying right. to rain on right. your parade, banana. I don't. Right. I don't need rain. Right. It's sunshine yeah.
1: at the moment. Yes. Yes. Oh, is that yeah. a new idea? Let me squash that for you. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. There's a difference between uh, pessimist and and just rain. Yeah, you,
0: you know one of I'd the things downer. I thought
1: inside of what you said, Scott, was
0: that understanding. Two things came to me. One is understanding that others may need something different from you, and also understanding enough to ask them what they think they need to see if that might be a clue into how you can be of service to them. Right. Uh, So, you know, I, I, you know, it's like, and Carol, you've been with on, on this too, right? If someone comes off of a speaking platform, right? And the first thing they don't need you to do is to tell them what went wrong because they, <laughs> they're not in that moment, right? <laughs> they're, they're usually not that moment. So normally, it's in that space is to say, okay, you know, well, how did it go? And it's like, you know what? That was great. The audience loved what you had to say. It was important to them. That's useful. Um, and at some, you know, and I always know that as a speaker, when I'm ready for the next level of that, then I'll say okay, what could have been better, right? Or what could I do to improve that? Or where did I miss the audience or something like that? But there's, for me, there's two phases. There's one that's like, okay, let's just celebrate in the moment that I didn't crash and burn. Right, yes, you didn't fall off the stage. Yeah, and, yeah. and there have been times when it was a real risk. I right? know. <laughs> so there. there's, all, there's all that, where I did, Yeah. So that part, that, and then it's like, okay, we want to do, do, but so it being that, you know, the person that is being useful in that moment is the one that says, this is what they need and I'm willing to help them with that bit, right? Whatever that is in that moment. So yeah. I think that's useful. Uh, That is, in fact, being useful. Understanding, taking a moment to understand how you can be of service to the person you are with is useful. And I like that a lot.
1: Being really conscious when someone's asking of the depth that they're asking for. So it would be, um, I just recently helped uh, somebody develop a program that she was delivering online for the first time. And in her feedback, she said, it was so helpful to me that you gave it to me one bite at a time. So there was, how am I doing? Well, let's just look at this one little piece. And then you can practice and play with that. And then let's look at the next little piece. The thing is that when somebody asks you, they are not actually, rarely, I've never met anybody who's actually asking for a brain dump. Tell me everything you see and everything you think I should make better because I think you end up destroying the confidence that was around that in the first place if they believe you. And so then the other, or they just write you off, which is the other option. But I think that there's this room for, you know, so, um, well, here's one thing I saw that I thought, you know, that could be strengthened yeah. and be um, honest and clear and give it an actionable piece and right. then, you know, let it go and see if you need to go any deeper than that.
0: So I, I like that thing. So, I'm, again, I'm going to try to digest what you said, just make sure I'm seeing it back right. But it's it's to deliver it in digestible pieces, right? Yes. So never try to choke the other person on your advice or goodwill, but to deliver just
1: enough for them at that moment, right? Yes. Even no, if it's with good intentions. Yes, yes, God.
2: Right. That's right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I don't want to – Um. yeah, I don't want – I think that's useful. So again, that's sort of being sensitive. Another point for where Scott started was he um, he was talking about really solving the problem in the moment, right? So if you're approaching someone and talk about how to be useful, a thing for a lot of folks is to kind of help them understand the scope of the problem that they're at in the moment and see if you can help them in the moment. I mean, it is also being useful to them to be able to look to the next step, right? A lot of people can't figure that piece out. But just understand, hey, I'm looking ahead. We're going to get this done here. And then what's next is I think this, but what do you think? Or however. But that ability to both solve the problem at hand, first step one, and then to help them by looking ahead with them or for them.
2: Yeah. And I think the I think the mistake a lot of people make in this scenario is they want to control the outcome. You know, you ask them a question and then they want to They want to impose their will on the situation. So, you know, I don't want to run Phil's company. I don't want to run David's company. I don't want to run Brett's company. I don't want to run, uh, Brad's company. I want them to do it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to help them, you know, be a sounding board and a good listener to hear what they say, ask questions, try to point out maybe inconsistencies in their thinking. Um, and then figure out how I can be useful to help them achieve their vision. But not just like uh, Carol said, oh, I'm glad you asked. Here's what I think you ought to do. Brr, you know, Do it my way or I'm going to get mad and take my ball and go home. Yeah. Uh, that's not useful to anyone. So yeah, that listening, again, that listening skill of let me hear what you're trying to say. Let me hear what your vision is. I can help you clarify it. But I'm really trying to pull out of you your idea, not put my idea on you.
0: Right. No, I think that's important. Uh, and that kind of leads me, I mean, as you do that, that leads me to another one of the ways I think that which I try to be useful, uh, at least in some of the things I do. And I think it works because I get it reflected back to me. Is just a model good behavior, right, is to actually say, well, this is, in this kind of conversation, this is the way I would ask this question. You know, I'm concerned for how the parties might feel. You know, they have to be approached with some concerns for their feelings. This is how I might do that. But basically, you kind of give it to them soft, but you show them how you would do it. And then that way, you're not just modeling good behavior. Well, even without trying to, you're teaching someone else how to do it for themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're bringing up such a point. It just takes me old school with I'm going to treat people the way I want to be spoken to, you know, speak to people the way I want to be spoken to. And I think that that is something that we just walk the world doing. It's a good way of doing it, especially if you're coming in with bad news or hard news or you're about to burst somebody's balloon in some way that they got really excited about something that you're not convinced is going to work. And so how do you do that in a way that allows them to walk away feeling not like a loser, maybe not a winner, but at least no less than neutralized on the idea, but not as a human. So I think those are important things to bring okay. into it. And I would add in there simplifying. And I find this, especially when I'm working with people in the tech fields, there can be an attitude of I'm dumbing something down for somebody. And I actually, it's coming up because I just had somebody say that, well, we can always dumb it down for them. And I said, you know, just the tone of voice that you used, as you said, that tells me exactly how you feel about the people who don't understand what you're saying. And, you know, they can smell that. So uh, I think that if we're talking about being useful and compassionate and honorable, it's about understanding that you may know something somebody else doesn't know, and that doesn't make you better, that makes you different. And that makes you a valuable resource, which is wonderful to share. But sharing it in a way that's simple, and comprehensible is also a way of being of service. If you're in the tech fields and you get something that somebody else doesn't get, just as Scott does with all the understandings he has of the financial world, he doesn't walk in the room saying, look at me, I'm all that and don't you wish you were me. He walks in saying, I understand something you may not. So let's have a conversation, put it into your terms to simplify it and make it accessible. And I think that that's part of that same conversation you you just raised, Phil. Yeah,
0: no, I I think that's right, and I think you know a technique, of course, that I've seen Scott use a lot is you can be useful, you can be helpful by simply asking good questions mm-hmm. and provoking them to walk down the path. You know, and it, I mean, it, the question can be as simple as, "What are you going to do about that?" You know, when they present a problem, right? They said, I got this thing. Well, what are you going to do about that? And that kind of leads them to think about that, right?
2: Yeah. Phil and I and Mastermind have, uh, in trying to demonstrate this technique, often done a, uh, an exercise where we do nothing but ask each other questions and see how mm. long we can go. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. But, you know, I like both you guys have made this point, and I think it's an important point. Timing is really important. There's a time to listen. There's a time to cheer. There's a time to give advice. And sometimes if you're unsure on the advice part, you can kind of dip a toe in and listen for the reaction and then know, is it is this time to give advice or is this time to just cheer? And sometimes you have to make yourself useful in helping someone achieve a goal that maybe you don't think is the right goal, but it's their life or their company or their business. And they get to decide, you know, um, they want to, you know, they want to go do this. They think this is the right path. You don't necessarily agree, but it's not your deal. So you're, you've asked the questions, you've tried to clarify, they're convinced that it's the right way to go. All right, how am I going to help you achieve your vision? Cause maybe you're right. I hope you are right. So I think there's yes. some of that too, but there's timing is really, really important.
0: Yeah. Well, I again, I think the idea is you, you, know, we want to help people come up with their own ideas about how they can be useful in and of the moment. And it's it, what we've made clear, I think, just from us walking through this is, you know, being a good listener means a lot, right? Asking good questions means a lot. To Scott's point, being sensitive about that timing is important. Being willing to be generous, right, to go further than required, to go yep. further than expected, is important. To be courageous and be able to ask the hard question, right? Yeah. You know, if you know, we we haven't quite talked about the looking into someone's shadow, but causing them to look into their shadow is yep. important, right? You know, we're just saying. I, I'm I'm worried that you might not be thinking about this. What happens? if you do this or what happens if you don't do this or what, what, what is that person going to say when you don't show up? That kind of thing. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I wanted to look at this one other way too. And that is, you know, to flip it on its head and to say, if you're feeling unhappy and down and sad, that one great way to sort of flip the script on yourself and bring yourself back up is to find someone and some way to be useful, right? To reach yep. out and figure out how can I serve others right now while I'm feeling down. And for me, and I think for a lot of people, invariably, once you take the focus off your own sadness, yes. and you focus on someone else's happiness and how you, can you be of service to the other person? It brings you up. And that's really For me, it's almost like uh, it's in my first aid kit for if I'm really down, who can I reach out to and help?
0: Yeah, I think that's valuable, right? That's an important thing to remember. And, you know, if that didn't flip it on its head, that explained this bit, right? I can be happy by being useful to others, right? But, I mean, I'm useful to myself by being useful to others. I can be happy because I'm saying, oh, I'm not focused on my own troubles. I'm focused on helping other people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen anything help with depression as quickly as saying, I want you to do one nice thing for somebody else. And I don't care if it's, you know, calling your mother or, you know, talking to the waving hi to the neighbor, one thing some for somebody else. And of course, the deeper you go, the longer the the effect is what I've seen. I love the idea. And if just like, if you're feeling absolutely poor, sharing something with somebody else reminds you how rich you really are, regardless of what's in your bank account. And I think yeah. that those are things that, that do lead you into a place where at some point you're going to say, I am living a life well lived. Yeah.
0: Well, we are trying to help people be useful and therefore be happy. I mean, we like the idea of living according to our values. And one of ours is to help other people be good at what they do and be good in the world. So here we are. Uh, Thank you, Carol and Scott, for helping me out today. Um, Carol, how, uh, you know, you said you're off on something new. Maybe people should be looking someplace differently for you. I mean, if I find you, where do I go find you?
1: Well, you can continue to find me on LinkedIn at Carol Hamilton Live. That hasn't been transitioned yet. But the uh, new website is Hamilton Think Tank. It's, it's, uh, It's a broad base for things. But my goal is to dive into some deep issues and joyfully find solutions together.
0: Super. Hamilton Think Tank. All right. Scott Pfeiffer, friend, how do I find you when you're willing to be found?
2: (laughs) Uh, The best place is probably on LinkedIn, where I'm just Scott Pfeiffer. Uh, And you can also send me an email at gmail.com.
0: Excellent. And all of that shows up in graphics for those of you who are watching instead of listening. But we're happy to have you all. Um, Thank you, by the way. I'm going to send a quick note out. Someone gave me a little bit of feedback recently on one of the bits of audio on something we were doing, and it caused me to go back and check in. I think we're doing a better job on the audio than we've done in the past now. um, We're leveling that thing up so it's easier for you to listen while you're out running around in traffic or maybe uh, in your car driving someplace. The the levels will be up there to meet you a little bit better. So we appreciate and uh, enjoy your feedback. Thank you for subscribing to us on YouTube. For those of you who've done that, for those of you who haven't, what are you waiting for? Um, <laughs> and for uh, everybody else, please do, uh, you know, subscribe to us on whatever pod thing that you like. And if you leave us good reviews, oh, the reason we're asking for that is we want to help as many people as we can. And by you telling your friends we're a good place to listen, uh, we'll get discovered by them as well. And that's why we want to be there. So, Come see us at Tech After Five. We've got events all over the place. So uh, come take a look, com. I'm Phil Yanov, and we will see you next time.